It's time to rock! The founders, investors, technologists, changing the face of Asia, intersect on the official Rise Podcast. With your host, Casey Lau. Hi there, and welcome to another episode of the Rise Cast. I'm your host, Casey Lau. On this episode, we're going to do something a little different. There won't be an interview, but I'm going to run the audio of an event that we just hosted in Hong Kong last week. It's called Runway to Rise. Runway to Rise is taking place in four cities, Hong Kong, Taipei, Singapore, and Tokyo. What we're doing is we're holding pitch competitions that will give early stage startups a chance to attend and exhibit at Rise. This event took place at the new Blueprint space in Quarry Bay, And so we did a quick interview with Anthony Liu from Blueprint, and then we did a talk about what Rise is all about, followed by seven pitches from Hong Kong early stage startups, and then finally ending with a quick five ways to hack Rise. So there's a lot of great content in this that I think you'll still enjoy listening to. If you still want to watch the video of this, it's on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash riseconfhq. There were 13,000 people who watched the stream, so I thought that it would be a good idea to bring this audio version here for this episode. The main point of Runway to Rise is to introduce Rise to new people and to give early stage startups a shot at exhibiting because they may very well be the next big startups and we want Rise to be part of their journey. The one winner on the breakthrough stage at Rise from the eight different teams that are pitching will then go on to exhibit at Web Summit in Lisbon as the Rise Breakthrough Champion. So very exciting stuff. So here we go. Runway to Rise in Hong Kong on the Rise Cast. All right, my name is Casey Lau. I'm the co-host of Rise. If you've been there before, raise your hand. If you've been to Rise. Oh, okay, great. Awesome. If you haven't, you're going to learn all about it tonight. First, though, I want to introduce to you this gentleman right here, Anthony Liu from Blueprint, who is our host tonight. Let's give him a round of applause. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for being here, and welcome to Blueprint. If you guys don't know already, this is the new Blueprint. We're calling this Blueprint 2.0. How many of you here have been to the old Blueprint over in Cornwall House? Uh Excellent. Well, if you, har- if you are here tonight, then you're lucky enough to have a chance to walk around a bit on this floor and check out how awesome it looks. Uh, for all the people on Facebook who are not here, don't worry. We're going to go through some photos, and you can check out how cool Blueprint is, and we can do that right now. Wow, so we call, we call Blueprint 2.0 the future of co-working. Blueprint 2.0 is not just about co-working. We have dedicated offices, and we have event space. So many of the lessons that we learned from Blueprint 1.0 were taken into the design elements that we have here. So you'll notice it's definitely more grown up, more classy, maybe a little sexier. This part here uh, shows a lot of the common areas. Sorry. No problem. That is our cafe and bar. That's run by Swire Hotels. So that's all internally run. There's a brick oven. Pizza Pizza ovens. Wine and beer on tap. It leads out into a balcony as well. Common areas. You'll notice that we have a lot of Taiku Sugar themed decor around the area. And that's because of the history of the Swire Group. And these are some of the rooms, the offices over in that corner, and also the video conference rooms. 
So we put a lot of hardware into these places and the facilities. And this is a space that we're in right now. So you'll see that the entire second floor is all event space. We learned that from the market, there's a lot of demand for conference space, seminar space. So the entire second floor is left for people to have training events and parties and all kinds of events. And that's our auditorium, second floor. That's the lounge. It's right over there on that side if you haven't been there already. And more, few, more photos of our lovely space. Anthony, what's going to happen in a couple years outside of all this construction? So if you walk around Quarry Bay these days, you'll notice that a lot of it is under construction. That's because we're building two very new, very big skyscrapers, grade A office towers. It's called One Taiku Place and Two Taiku Place. And that's going to come around 2019. So keep an eye out for that. There will be a lot of green space around the bottom as well. All right. So let's talk about Swire and... Uh how important are startups in Swire's 10-year plan? So I'd say tech in general is very important to Swire properties. We're a leading property developer, and we intend to stay that way. And if we want to be competitive in the future, we have to look towards the tech community and the entrepreneurship community. So Blueprint is definitely a commitment. So I mentioned some of those lessons when we went over the photos just now. You'll notice that we have a lot of event space. That's based on the lessons that we learned from Blueprint 1.0. There's a lot of demand for nice-looking event space, not only from startups and creative companies, but also big corporate, event, uh, big corporate companies who want to do events in those spaces. We also learned a lot about the layout of dedicated offices and the other products that we have. In place. Tell us a little bit more of how you're going to include some of the corporates into the startup world here. So one of the major things that Swire can offer is a connections with our massive network. New startups are coming to Hong Kong like crazy. How are you going to help welcome them into your ecosystem here? So the plans for that are not fully ready to be announced yet. As you all know, we had an accelerator before. That's going to be evolving into a new sort of thing in the future. So Thank you very much, Anthony. That didn't seem too rehearsed, right, everybody? Cool. Thank you very much, Anthony. Thank you, guys. Welcome to Blueprint. All right, Jimmy, come up to the stage, and let's go on to the next exciting segment at Thank Runway you. to Rise. So, Jimmy, who are you? My name is Jimmy McGann. Um, I am one of the sole Irish parts of Web Summit here in Hong Kong. <laughs> so I've been here since January of last year, and we have been opening the office here in Hong Kong and expanding Rise through Asia for about a year and a half now. Um, what is Web Summit, actually? Well, really, Web Summit is a community more than anything else. So Web Summit is our founding brand and our founding company back in Dublin and Ireland. But really, what we are is a community. And if you just go to the next slide. So our community really consists of, at the center point, a large community of startups. And then around that center point, a community of 
media, a community of government, a community of investors, and a community of partners. You'll see here some of our partners that are involved in this event at the moment. Obviously, big shout out to Blueprint, uh, hosting us here in Hong Kong, and then Visa will be hosting us in Singapore in a few weeks for this Runway to Rise event. Uh, some members of Bloomberg are here at the moment, and then obviously our BeFast TV team, our media partners for the night here with Facebook Live. Um, we have basically scaled this across the world. So that community that we just talked through, that's where we started in Europe, and then we replicated that model into USA, into Hong Kong with Rise, and then last year into India with Surge. So we activate the community under these conferences. All right, let's talk about Rise, the big event coming up in July. So mm. what, are we, what does everybody expect this year from Rise, Jimmy? Well, I think, Casey, one of the biggest things that's different about Rise this year are all of these industry-specific industry tracks. So can you tell me what, you, what your favorite track is? My favorite track, of course, is Startup University mm. because it's a great place and way for uh, new startups to learn from some of the masters that we bring into Hong Kong. Uh, but I can also see MoneyConf is very popular, going to be very, very popular here in Hong Kong. Yeah, the, it talks about fintech. The interesting People thing love about fintech. MoneyConf Money is we obviously pulled MoneyConf out of Web Summit as a standalone conference that we run in Madrid in Spain. So MoneyConf is our industry-specific brand and conference um, that we are bringing to rise for the first time this July in HKCC. So this year we have 12 tracks. So those are the fancy names for them, but basically they're marketing, the university, auto tech, IoT hardware for developers, for SaaS, for FinTech, for data, for culture, for night and pub, of course, and creative. It's three days, and this year we're expecting 15,000 attendees, 250 speakers, and 550 journalists with 600 startups and 500 investors. Oh my God, that's a lot of people <laughs> showing up for this thing. Who is coming to the show? All right, I'm sure everybody's very excited because Gary Vaynerchuk is coming to Hong Kong. This is a very, very exciting time. I was very lucky to meet him in Web Summit in November, and I asked him, hey, Gary, do you want to come to Hong Kong? He's like, Casey, you're my new best friend. Definitely I'm showing up. So amazing, right? Mm. He's showing up. But, of How course, that didn't really happen. Nobody laughed at that, so that's not true. But anyway. How many new best friends did you make at Web Summit? I made November? a few new best friends. But we're trying to create Rise as being a, a, like a focal point for European American and Asian speakers and startup and technology people to come in. We're reaching out to corporates this year. So we're bringing in people from Langkwai Fong Group. We're bringing people in from, where else? So many different KPMG, places. KPMG, Visa, yeah. The Swire Group here with Blueprint. We got Google. We got Grab. We got Razor. We got Sogo from China. We got so many exciting people coming in. We got a lot of investors as well. We're well, happy to welcome back Anna Fang, who was really, really special last year. So she's coming back from GenFund. We've got Hans Tung, also really popular last year. And I don't know how this guy got back in here again, but he's coming back yet again, Dave McClure. As you know, he's always here. That was a joke. Dave, I love you. All right, so this is a presentation I do for what we're going to do for like Taiwan and Singapore, so everybody knows where Wan Chai is in the convention center, but that's where we're hosting it again this year. Um, if you've been to the first rise, we had the main, if you can see this one, it's pretty small, but this is the main stage. There's about 300 seats in the first year, and we grew it to 600 seats. The second year, this year, we're gonna about, it's going to be over 1,000 seats, so you can see the scale of it. And, of course, a lot of people came in to watch the main content, so we have that. There's other stages around, littered around the whole place, and, of course, the startups are front and center in the middle of the whole venue floor. If you haven't been there before and you walk into the convention center, it looks like this. We've got big signs everywhere. Here's some uh, shots of the, the show floor before everybody comes pouring in. Uh, we have our partners like SendGrid and Facebook for developers. 
Uh, we have a media, media lounge. So if you're looking for uh, attention from the media for your startup, look for this area and you can stalk outside there when people come in and out. Here's some more partners. Do you want to talk a little bit about the partners? Yeah, I think the partners are a really interesting part for us because really the partners across the board, Blueprint included, offer an amazing route to market as one example for the startup community. Um, and we're getting great support from the corporate partners here in Hong Kong, in Singapore, Tokyo, and Taiwan. So yeah, a massive part of what we do is thanks to them. Also happy to in invite and have attending uh, other ecosystems around the world like the Taiwan Startup Stadium. It's a government in initiative to help startups from Taiwan to expand outside of Taiwan. So we're very excited to see them come out here. And we just had a big event there last night. Yeah, I just came back from Taiwan this morning. So we ran the first Runway to Rise event with the Taiwanese government um, through their Taiwan Startup Stadium uh, company. Last night, we had a couple hundred people in Taipei. Um, and yeah, it's booming over in Taiwan. So it's great to be a part of it. Great, great. All right, so a quick run through of some of the stages. This is the main stage where most people will come in to take a look at the stuff. But we also have separate stages, of course. There's a builder stage. There's a robotic stage. There's an enterprise stage, a startup university. And of course, the big melee of the whole thing is the startup area, as you know. If you've been to Rise before, everybody's walking around here. You've got people from the media. You've got investors. Everybody's looking at stuff here. And, uh, you know, I've been to a lot of startup conferences, and I was very impressed the first day I walked around the show floor for Rise as I hadn't been to Web Summit before uh, Rise, and the way it's all categorized, it's very easy for investors to find you, for media to find you, for people to find you, see what you're doing. And it's also well laid out so that people can find it by verticals or and by alpha and beta different startups that we have from around the world. This looks like a Canadian guy is there. Fantastic. And sometimes you need to wear some funny glasses to stand out when you're at your booth, right, Jimmy? Yes, standing out is massive. Um, there's a lot of people, right? So Rise has grown into 15,000 people this year, uh, from 5,000 first year and 10,000 last year. So, you know, differentiation is key. So everyone does it in different weird and wacky ways. So whatever works for you, basically. All right, so I also want to talk a little bit about FOMO at Rise, because what I just showed you is what a lot of people think conferences are, just startup booths and talks, right? But actually, the, one of the great things about Rise is that there's a lot of other stuff going on, like this is called Angel Summit. So if you're an investor, there's actually a special place for you to do roundtables. And this one is being held on FinTech and the future opportunities for early stage investment. So a lot of investors are in there. So if you're a startup looking for investors, I would like, you know, stake out the front door of this thing that's happening on one of the days, right? We've got that going on. We've got the, uh, I believe this is the, one of the mentor lounges. So we arrange uh, meetings with the startups who have booths with mentors. Here's another mentor meeting with Parker and Matt. I don't know who they are, but they look like they're learning something from this guy. <laughs> Here's some more people in the lounge having a good time. Yeah, so we have two lounges actually happening all the time, right? So there's Mentor Hours, which is a mentorship lounge where we link startup problem statements to mentors, which could be investors, corporate partners, media, really anyone that has knowledge to share. And we link that to startups within the Mentor Hours Lounge. But then there's also an Office Hour Lounge running for the full three days, which is essentially, I'm going to call it like a speed dating between um, startups and investors. So we link startups to uh, investors for a quick 15 minutes of uh, fast elevator pitching. And that runs for the three days, both those lounges. Some more people learning and understanding. Andrew, there's the picture of you I was mentioning before. You're sitting there. looks like you're listening. Okay. And then one of the things I'm very excited about uh, doing that Patty Cosgrave, the founder, 
gave me a stage to show off Hong Kong startups. It was called the Breakthrough Stage. So the last two years, basically, we went around Hong Kong to get the best early stage startups. These are startups that are unfunded and maybe can't afford a ticket. But this year, we decided to expand the scope and go around Asia and bring all the best early stage startups to Hong Kong for Rise in what we're calling Runway to Rise. So we added more work for ourselves because we wanted to bring more people to, to Hong Kong. Yeah, well, I mean, our mission is, is pretty simple, right? So our mission is to try and join all the pockets uh, and ecosystems, innovation all around the world, and more specifically here in Asia Pacific. So this model is us basically branching out, not just being in Hong Kong for three days, but actually running these satellite events in our key community markets uh, in the run-up to rise. So we aptly named it Runway to Rise. And this is what the breakthrough stage takes over day three of the pitch stage. So we have uh, people pitching here. Uh, we have Dave McClure just randomly walking by and giving people advice, which was great. And there's some great prizes. But this year, the big thing is, from the five cities and all the startups that are pitching, one winner will, from Rise will go to Web Summit and be able to uh, exhibit there and get in part of this whole festivities. This is the center stage for Web Summit in Lisbon. That's a big stage. 15,000, the entire Rise is in this stadium for just the main stage talks. It's huge. All right, so that's a lot of work during the day, right, Jimmy? That's a lot of hustling, you know, pitching and talking. But guess what? You're not done yet, right? Well, it's a marathon. And it's a marathon. No marathon yeah. will be complete without a nighttime celebration for your daily success. So what is this, Jimmy? Uh, that's a pub crawl. People? So we have an Irish tradition that we've brought out across all of our events, which is pub crawls, where you see over-enthusiastic Casey in the front, and you see leaders of the pub crawls. So these are just ways that we are trying to introduce people to one another. Uh, just like all of you guys right now, we would take out subsections and link you guys based on industries or where you are in geographies, and then we'll put you guys together in a pub crawl. So some of the best networking actually happens at nighttime because people have a few drinks maybe, Casey, and maybe people just yeah. start chatting it up. So we have a, we have a night summit going on as well, so we're going to be doing a lot of uh, so pub crawls. We have uh, events specific to verticals. So if you guys want to do a vertical startup night about something that you're working on, let me know, because we've got ones for UX, AI, fashion tech. Uh, somebody just wanted to pitch me an energy one, so if you're into energy startups, there's a place for you to meet, so I think it's very exciting. But of course, everybody hangs out at the night summit. Well, you more than me, Casey. I got to get better. All right, great. And in, in uh, Rise Past, we've done Startup Tram, where we rented out the tram and had investors and startups from around the world, uh, not looking at this beautiful scenery of Hong Kong, but drinking and talking to each other. Yeah, I think what's interesting about the, the tram in this example is, I think Softlayer sponsored it, so they were one of our partners at the time, and they wanted to target a specific subsection of Rise, so just the developers from a couple of different geographies. So we invited those specific developers to come to a party on the tram, and then Softlayer got to have uh, great conversations over a few drinks for two hours. That's right. And another one we're going to do again this year is a startup drive. So we got 15 Teslas to pull up in front of the convention center, and uh, in the back seat would be an investor. Whoa, we're bringing investors to you, and startups would pitch online, and we'd match them up, and they'd get into a car, a Tesla, to drive around Hong Kong for, I don't know, 30 minutes or something to pitch to the, star, to the uh, investor. Yeah, and so hopefully not get car sick at the same time. <laughs> 
whether it's the car or whether it's the mentor lounge or the investor lounge or the pub crawls or the exhibition floor, what we're trying to do is just create new ways to introduce people from the community together. So that can be startups to investors or maybe it is party, uh, partners like Blueprint to media and we're trying to combine people uh, to human to human interactions and that's really what our mission is. And there's nothing more human than riding on the Star Ferry. Correct. Is that a nice segue there? Yes. So we had Startup, startup Ferry, I guess we call everything Startup something. We wanted to show off all the cool stuff in Hong Kong. So Alive Not Dead and Migmi, who's in the audience tonight, the CEO, and oh, also the, uh, all the guys are there, great, who did an amazing job by renting out the Star Ferry, putting a lot of beer on there, and just, we just invited all the startups. Even Patty Cosgrave, who's the tallest guy there, and the CEO and founder of Web Summit is there, and we have all these different people who've never been to Hong Kong enjoying the Startup uh, Ferry with startups, right? And another thing, okay, this is not going to stop. We're going to keep going. There's more stuff going on. This is community nights. And so this is what I was telling you before, is that we have events going on after the conference to kind of bring people and their tribes together. So we have investors from China at the top. We have media companies. We have a freelance.com CEO. We have put them out into different uh, co-work spaces and venues in Hong Kong so you can get more intimate with them than you can in 20-minute uh, Stage yeah. time. So I, th I think we, we've covered a lot there and what we're trying to kind of illustrate in this conversation is we don't want to just be a traditional conference where people just sit and listen and we have all these different platforms people to create actual personal connections. So we'd love you guys to continue being a, a part of RISE whether you come to events like this or actually come to the conference in July 11 to 13th. Uh, we're part of the Hong Kong community and we appreciate all the support you guys give us. Well, we're not finished yet. That's only uh, slide 50 out of 142, Jimmy, so <laughs> let's keep going. One more here. Uh, we're partnering with Brink this year uh, to take people to China. So they're going to take people in the first day or two of the week of Rise and take them to check out the gadget capital of the world. So if you're interested or your friends are coming in from out of town who want to know more about what's happening in China, they're going to take them to Hot Pot. They're going to take them to uh, the electronics uh, market and do all kinds of crazy stuff in there. So it'll be very, very exciting. Um, and also, one of the things I like to say about Rise is that we do track how startups are doing, right? So the ones that exhibit, we like to see that hopefully, because of Rise, they are obviously influent. We're bringing the people to meet them, and they're able to raise funds. So this is the main thing that we like to track, because you're exhibiting, you're paying money for all this, you're flying in here, you're doing all this work, but is it paying off? And we're tracking it, and actually, startups do raise a lot of money after exhibiting at either Web Summit or Rise. Yeah, in addition to that, it's interesting that not all startups are looking for capital. So some startups are looking for media exposure, um, editorial coverage, market validation, or maybe partnering with a large corporate for that route to market piece. So there's multiple different ways that we like to track, and this is just one of the examples. Great. All right, so wrapping this up, uh, if you want to volunteer, there's a volunteer's email. We're going to do a scholarship again this year for university students and for also for high school students. Um, the best way to keep connected is join the Facebook group, or if you want to risk it with all the notifications, we, can, we have a WeChat group. We'll have the RiseConf app show up again soon. Uh, I do a podcast, if you don't know. You can go to bit.ly slash RiseCast, where I'm interviewing a lot of uh, Hong Kong uh, speakers for Rise and kind of give you a deeper insight into what they're doing. Okay, that's it. That's the whole Rise spiel. Thank you very much, Jimmy. Absolutely. And it's not over yet. All right. Runway to rise. That's what you're here for, right? So what we decided to do this year, as Jimmy mentioned already, is we're going to hold all these pitch competitions where two winners from five cities come to Hong Kong for rise, where the winner will go to Web Summit, okay? So each one will get... So tonight, we're going to have seven pitches. 
which, and you, no judges, you will choose the two winners on our Facebook page, which is streaming right now, and we'll have the, uh, the votes of the company names there that you just like, and then we'll just tally them up tonight and award two winners. They will get an alpha stand at Rise, and they'll get a chance to pitch on the breakthrough stage against teams from Tokyo, Taipei, Singapore, and Seoul, where one winner will then get an alpha stand at Web Summit in Lisbon, November. Okay, so let's get going. Here comes the meat of the thing. The next guy is uh, uh, startups. All the startups, can you come up to the front here and get uh, mic'd up? Sorry, I should have uh, told you to do that already. So we have seven teams tonight. These are all newer companies that uh, have not raised too much significant capital. Okay. Um, and uh, listen to what they're doing. Keep in mind the ones you like the most. And then join us on Facebook for the... Uh, the um, the voting, I ran out of stuff. Okay, any questions while we kind of waste a little time before we get the guy to the stage? Okay, okay no, sorry, too late for questions. We're going right into the pitches. <clears throat> All right, please welcome to the stage, Design Jar. Hello everyone, my name is Ray, one of the co-founders of Design Jar. Asia's first end-to-end -end online advertising platform for small businesses, powered by artificial intelligence. Now, when it comes to online advertising, there's still a lot of issues and challenges being faced today, particularly for small businesses in Asia. Firstly, there's existing tools that are in the market today uh, for people to manage and optimize their ads are very difficult to understand, learn, and use. Secondly, whatever tools that they are using are not are not localized for the markets in Asia. And finally, the creatives, such as the banners, graphics, and ad copies, etc., that they're using for the ads, are not necessarily designed or optimized to convert click-throughs and customers. Here's our solution. DesignJar is taking a data-driven approach to streamline and automate the entire process every step of the way. We're providing our customers with a solution that automatically designs manages and optimizes all of their ads and on, the various, on the various ad networks, such as Instagram ads, Facebook ads, and the like. Well, the platform leverages a lot of data and AI in order to deliver for its customers. Firstly, with the use of historical data, it is able to automatically determine and generate the best types of graphics and designs to use on, for any given ad campaign. Secondly, it can come up automatically with effective ad copy for your ads, right? much better than what you can otherwise do on your own in the various languages. Also, it can do effective and accurate targeting for your ads based on performance data and what it already knows about your business. And finally, of course, it can automatically adjust and optimize your ads through the life of the campaign to mitigate any loss in ad budget. Now, the, the market opportunity here is immense, right? We're talking about a $60 billion market uh, in digital advertising in Asia-Pacific alone. But the key takeaway here is that Asia-Pacific has already overtaken North America in 2016 as the world's leading market for digital advertising, something that we're very excited about here at DesignJar. Through our early pilot program, our customers have already been seeing five times over the market average in terms of click-through rates and conversions, and at a fraction of a price of, say, having to hire a digital marketing agency or perhaps an in-house marketer. Here's our team. I am a designer. I am also a 500 Startups alum and was previously the co-founder and the CEO of a very successful e-commerce startup here in Asia called Shopline. 
my co-founder Jonah. He's a full stack engineer who also has a lot of experience in several notable startups here in Asia as well. Xavier Schillinger is our chief marketing officer and was previously the P uh, head of PPC operations in a large media tech company out in San Diego. And Guy, F Guy Freeman, with a, uh, with a PhD in statistics and an expert in predictive analytics, is our chief data scientist. So for those of you who are interested in a massive opportunity here in ad tech in Asia, or if you're a business owner who would like some help on advertising, please come see us after the event. We would love to talk to you. Once again, my name is Raymond Yip. Thank you very much for listening. We are Design Jar. Awesome. Thank you, Raymond. So stay there. Stay there. We have taking questions from the audience. Does anybody from the audience have a question for Design Jar? Why should Design Jar go and represent Hong Kong at Rice? Any questions? Any questions? Jimmy, we'll take you. We'll give the mic to you. Okay. We nope. have a question coming in from Facebook Live. Great. And the question is, if you could choose to create a partnership with an international corporate, who would it be and why? International corporate, I think it would be uh, perhaps a media agency. Perhaps a, um, I think media agencies would be great because simply because there's a lot of interest in um, doing online advertising and marketing. And but there's a big market out there for uh, small businesses that they cannot handle or would not want to handle. And we could actually use a, they could actually use our technology to to service these customers. I have a quick question as well. So this is your second startup within less than five years. What is the one thing that you learned from your last startup that you're applying to Design Jar? That, uh, especially in Asia, I would think, uh, just you know, reach your customers and talk to them and, and really have a face-to-face -face with them instead of uh, hoping for the best and just throwing a website out there, throwing a product out there, and not really you know, getting on the ground so and, talking to and, customers. and, and yeah. being able to reach them. Yeah. Great. Okay, one more question over here. Yeah, it is called Design Jar. Well, Simply, you know, company. you know what it is. Oh, it's, no. you know what it is. Is uh, originally we were doing designs for marketing specifically, but what we've learned in talking to our customers is that you know what they need more than that, right? They need design, they need optimization in terms of advertising, and they need to be able to manage the entire thing for them. So we took that and basically just uh, providing an end-to-end -end solution for them, uh, you know, all in one go. Great. Okay. Thank you, Raymond. Design Jar. Round of applause. Thank you. Keep in mind, if you like Design Jar, you're going to be voting for them. All right, the next one, silent mode. Please come to the front and give them a round of applause. Silent mode. Hey, Thanks, Kazu. <laughs> ah, no need, thanks. All right, go for it. Thanks, Casey. Um, are we switching on? Right, cool. Oh, uh, thank you, everyone. My name is Bradley from a company called Silent Mode. Um, I think I'm probably the only person here without the branded T-shirt, but you can see our company here. Um, so effectively, we believe that silence is an empty, right? It's full of answers. We have more and more phones every day, more and more screens every day, more and more VR opportunities coming on board, and we're basically being plugged into the matrix, okay? More and more every day, more stress, less sleep, more work. You know, we're feeling that every single day of our lives. And what's happening is we're getting what we call cerebral congestion. Too much information coming in, too many times, too much stress. And what happens is the brain releases uh, in the hypothalamus an area uh, of chemicals which we feel as flight or fight response, okay? Now, we've all got bosses at work who are stressed and... We all know the, the unfortunate situation of having someone who 
basically pees you off. It goes all the way down the line, and before you know it, everyone's kind of freaking out, right? It's a $300 billion problem in the U.S. alone through missed uh, productivity, people taking time off work, uh, and the world is changing. What we need is balance, okay? Uh, you're probably thinking there's some words missing. There's not. I want to simply open up to the fact that we need one side, both sides, time to switch off, time to rest. By switching off, taking time and reflecting in micro amounts, you can actually train your brain, uh, like any other muscle, to build a relaxation response to stress. Okay. And it's a beneficial benefit to companies um, all across the world. In the States, corporate wellness is huge, $42 billion market. Um, people are bringing in meditation. People are seeing the ROI of meditation. Uh, it's a very, very big market. But there's no data behind yoga, taking time out. Taking two hours to sit down and do a yoga lesson um, is great, but it's not really feasible in a corporate environment. What we see through our alpha test is that we can decrease heart rates by about 25% in about five minutes. You can see here across this line after consuming silent mode that uh, we see a nice level, level out and people are switching off, calming down, reducing heart rate. So we have an ecosystem of products, right? A wearable, which we'd all love you to come and try afterwards, we have over here. We have our own proprietary content called Breathonics, and that sits in the ecosystem of our app. So this, the wearable, it's a memory foam device, blackout eye mask, with a full surround sound system inside. Who's ever slept on a plane with a pair of bows on, right? It's a pain in the ass, effectively. You wake up in a mess, your ears hurt, you're sweaty, it's not comfortable. What we're doing is shutting off the senses giving you an experience where your mind is, opens up and actually your brain is more, uh, your brain's more susceptible to frequencies. Okay? We tie that with Breathonics, which is our proprietary content. Now, if you want to rest, which is sleep, switch off, relax, or recharge, which is focus, we provide the sonic frequencies mapped with music uh, and led by breathing exercises. So we customize breathing courses integrated with the sound itself. So we're basically developing music to breathe by, and we're working with artists from all around the world, Berlin, London, Europe, uh, a lot of up-and-coming artists, um, even in the States. And we'll be releasing that through the app, which you can subscribe to. So that all sits around our course. We're taking biometric data, we're taking heart rate data, we're taking stress level data, and we're basically saying to you, hey, look, if you've had four or five hours sleep last night, at two o'clock today, take a rest. Uh, we'll give you the setting, we'll give you the content, uh, and you're going to feel a lot better. So we're taking mindfulness, we're bringing a completely new sign-backed approach towards that. Uh, and as the son of a yoga teacher, I can... Um, account to the fact that breathing is very important and it can change our mindset. I think that's it. Thank you very much. Wow, fantastic. So Bradley, you are now in the Brink program? Yeah, we were just accepted to Brink uh, yesterday officially, so great, great. really, really happy. All right, are there any questions for silent mode in the audience? Or your story of wearing sweaty earphones on the plane? Do you have any of those? That, that guy does. Yeah, we're ready to manufacture. We've been working for a year and a half. Um, we're just going through EVT, DVT at the moment. We've done all the testing. Uh, we're pretty much ready to ship. Um, we're working with probably the best acoustic company in the world out of the States um, to kind of customize all the sonic frequencies in tune with our chipsets. 
which will be the first global release of this new chipset. Great. There's another question over here in the blue shirt. Hold on, you need a mic so that everybody can hear you. Hold on a second, hold on a second, hold on a second. Run, run, run. run. Oh, can I take one or two? You need two of them. <laughs> because your question is double good. That's all right. Uh, you say that you want people to switch off, but w I'm surely listening to something and not switching off. So when you close your eyes, okay, um, you are more susceptible to frequencies. So we can induce sleep through binaurals and through sound. Uh, and when we say switch off, right, I mean you're either asleep or you're awake. If you're awake to visual signals, your brain activates in a different way. So we want you to be reflective and switch off, as in just take a 10-minute power nap or a 10-minute power break. Okay, so just out of interest, what, what is the difference between doing that without any oral input? And Some people your, your find method? it hard to sleep. Some people are insomniacs. Some people find it hard to relax effectively. So we help induce that through um, an experience and through content. Okay, lovely. Thank you. Great. And one more question? No, no more questions. Okay, that's it. Thank you, Silent Ooh. Mode. Round of applause. Keep him in mind if you like him a lot. All right, now our next picture is, I don't know, okay, there. Our next picture is Grom, not a Conan villain, but an Hi. actual startup. Hi, yeah. Ready for the sexiest topic of the day, feet. So my name is Kuhn, and I'm the founder of Grom, and we've built a prescription app for foot doctors. So essentially, when you get a custom orthopedic insole made, they make a physical plaster cast for you, a handwritten prescription form, and finally they mail it to a laboratory that makes an insole. So this is a super messy process, it's expensive. You have to sit there, wait for 25 minutes, and finally it goes in a traditional box in a very long way around the world. So what we have done, we have eliminated the physical cast by using our 3D scanning mobile and cloud platform for the entire prescription process. So we 3D scan your foot, or the doctor actually does, in under a minute. He fills out a digital prescription form and sends it instantaneously to a lab. And our paying customers love it. In the last three months since we started, they have done 46% month over month more orders with our app. And the benefits for them are really obvious. So on a yearly basis, doctors do about 180 prescriptions, and they, have, they save 72 hours in prescription time, can see 40% more patients, save thousands of dollars, and the medical devices are delivered twice as fast. So we're tackling a $1.2 billion market, uh, which is going 5.8% over year, uh, year over year. And it's extra interesting in Asia, because also this is partly due to the aging population. Our business model is super straightforward. So we're focusing on doctors and private clinics. They pay us a monthly subscription fee of 255 US dollars, and that allows them to do 15 prescriptions with us. Our competition breaks down into two groups. So on the one hand side, you have insole producers on the left hand side. So they are geographically limited. They can only help people in their own countries. And they cannot build apps because they don't have the knowledge and they have a limited bandwidth to build these things in the first place. Secondly, you have software companies. They're all focusing on Canada and the US. They have a generic focus, so they scan every part of your body, not specialized at all. And also, they have no integration whatsoever with producers. So we are focusing on podiatry first and nailing this market. Secondly, we're going to, to build a, pro a marketplace for producers, so actually doctors can choose the best service for them. We have digital prescription forms, and finally, we are globally focused, first in Hong Kong and then in Asia, where there is no app whatsoever like this. 
So my team has known each other for over seven years. We have over 25 years of experience in the industry. And also our advisors have been produced for over 40 years working in high-end clinics in Hong Kong. So to sum everything up, my name is Kuhn. I'm the founder of Grom, and we've built a prescription app for podiatrists. Thank you. Awesome. Round of applause. Awesome. Grom. What does Grom mean? Grom means empowerment, and I'm Dutch, so it means something there. It's pretty weird. Okay, great. Great. Well, the Dutch are great at feet. Questions from the audience? Right here, over here. Microphone. Hold on. Run. Run, 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 run. We got this. All right. I can't scan your feet right now. Yes. Um, can you 3D print the insoles? Because that would actually help with... Well, our specialists actually can, but that's not our core business model, but we can talk afterwards. Who knows? Who knows? Okay, sorry. Run to the other side is a question. Ooh. I believe you were first. So. We need the mics for the Facebook. Hello. Oh, sorry. Both. Right. Hi. Um, so, um, two-part question. How do you actually scan someone's foot? Is it like a custom-made piece of hardware? Or is it literally a phone with depth sensors? Uh, and secondly, why are you going to doctors and not direct to consumers? So, the first question actually is very simple. It's an infrared third-party scanner that goes on top of an iPad that you can just buy off the shelf. So that's your first question. And the second question, why don't we go straight to customers, is simply because making a proper custom orthopedic insole requires knowledge of the entire body and its biomechanics. So if you make your own insole, you'll probably get an insole, but it probably won't really work for you. So that's why we prefer to work with professionals and work B2B as a SaaS company. Right. Okay, uh, we have a question right here. Hi, I know you have an app. So what's your plan to gain the first 10,000 users? The first 10,000 users? Sorry. Um, we are not a B2C company, so it's a little bit different. But within the next 18 months, we'll have 700 uh, clinics and doctors working for us, generating over 30 prescriptions or 15 to 30 prescriptions per individual user. So it's a different model, right? Our doctors are using us, our app every day. So our retention up to now has been 100%. So it's a bit of a different game. So, so, like you have doctors I know, but how do you promote your app to clients? Okay, that's it. So our doctors and essentially it works in a sort of triangle. So we work with manufacturers that push our app to their doctors because they love our service. And then some doctors have additional manufacturers as well and they say, hey, why can't you come on this app as well? And so it grows. Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. Great. Okay, round of applause for Grom. Thank you very much. This is fantastic stuff. I'm really excited about these teams that are pitching here tonight. Okay, so let's welcome the next guy, Mob Mob. No, Mob Mob. Good evening. Yeah. Good evening. Right. Okay. My name is Colin from Mob Mob Team. Okay, my team is that uh, to making the mobile to mobile control. Okay, uh, let me ask you one question first. How many of you get the spare mobile at home? Most of you, actually. Okay. Today I'm going to help you to make your spare mobile phone worth $599 again. All right. Here, uh, based on the research, okay, based on the research, most of you got the spare mobile phone at your home, and you don't know what to use of it. You just put it in the drawer until you put the, put it in the uh, trash. Okay. Here, there are 67, 76% uh, of you actually uh, don't know how to use it, and you actually purchase new mobile phone in every two years. So, based on this research, you have at least two smart devices at your home, unused devices. Okay. Actually, all these devices has very bad hardware. 
it is better than any other how, uh, how, uh, gadgets, smart gadgets you purchase from the market. Let me cite the smart hub as an, ex as an example. All right. Say for example the Google Home, smart things. What they are inside? Their CPU, their RAM, their Bluetooth, their, their Wi-Fi, right? Actually, compared to the smartphone, smartphone has all kind of this hardware, all right? And you can compare for the uh, technology that the smartphone actually integrate all the technology, okay, better than other smart home. For, even though for the Amazon Echo, it say that it has the most intelligent AI for controlling the smart home products, but compared for to Siri, Okay, definitely CV has more powerful database. So right now we are telling that your smart, your spare mobile phone can be the hub, then it will be better than all any other hubs in the world. So our solution is that to make your mobile phone become the hub. Actually, it can not only become the hub, it can not only replace the smart home hub, it can also be the security camera. Okay, say for example, you put your phone at home, and then you use another phone to capture the home device, and then you don't have to do the TDS setup for the buy purchase another camera. You just use the smartphone because here the smartphone has the light wheel, has many better uh, camera, higher resolution than the cam you purchase in the market. Okay, I can also change your smartphone into the uh, monitor sensor because it has the G sensor, it has the gyroscope. Then you can check your motion. Okay, check. You can put in the pack to replace for the uh, pack tracker. Okay, you, you can gather also the statistic, gather the number, then you replace all kind of these uh, gadgets you purchase extra. Okay, so why, what we're claiming is that there's a lot of function. Okay, it can help you save more than 599. So we value your spare mobile phone more than 19, uh, 599 again. So building for this function, it is a huge market for the smart home. Gartner tell you that you have five, more than 500 smart home gadgets at your home. Okay, and there's a huge market. All these uh, product can collect the uh, big data. You can help you to have the power consumption, user behavior, brand preference, etc., etc. Our business model is actually very simple. Okay, it's similar to the IFTTT. We provide the open API for them to use our function, and we also provide the app for you to transfer your, to convert your mobile to the smart home gadgets. Okay, this is a huge business. We assume that 0 0.0.0.1 percent the product join us, you get, we, we can get 80 million subscription fee each year. Okay, so if, if you're interested in this project, support our team. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Colin. Any questions for Colin from Mob Mob? Um, okay, we'll t take one from Facebook Live. Okay, Facebook Live questions. If you were to secure investment in the next few months, how would you use it? Our app is going to launch. Well, actually, all the fund we gather will be launched in the, for the marketing purpose. Okay, a follow-on question. What markets would you target with that marketing budget and why? Well, actually, uh, right now, 
we actually for for us we are the smart home uh, gadgets builder as well. We have a lot of cool smart home products, uh, smart wall switch, uh, outlet, etc., etc. What we integrate this function to our smart home app, and then we can launch this to the market, and then we will gather the batches users. So we are growing the batches users, and uh, it can help to uh, build up the uh, user group for using our product, our solution. Great. Okay, let's give Mob Mob a hand. Thank you. Remember Mob Mob if you like Mob Mob. Now for the next startup pitching. I'd like to introduce you to the own. Hi everybody, I'm Jennifer. I'm one of the two co-founders of Dion. Dion is a gadget sharing platform. So uh, if it's easier for you guys to understand, think about Airbnb for gadgets, but of course we have our own twist. Uh, but before I tell you about that, uh, I'd like to bore you a little bit with why we're doing it and the problems that we're trying to solve. So our team wants to make sure that we're doing something we're passionate about, something that's fun, that's exciting, things that gets us up in the morning, uh, things that bring me on this stage as much as I hate public speaking, and um, bring value to the world that we live in because we believe we are responsible for our generation, uh, our future generations, and the environment. So. We have a lot of problems. Uh, right there in the middle, that pile of trash is our problem. These are electronic waste that comes with uh, the technology advancement that we all enjoy. Uh, like uh, the early speaker said, we get new phones every two years, and it's probably going in there. We have cameras sitting at our place that we have probably haven't used for the last month, and it's going to be in there, and that's a big problem. And down there, you see uh, problems that regular consumers have. Um, uncertainty in whether a product is going to be effective enough, it's going to be suitable for them, despite reading all those reviews and specs online. It's just different when you haven't tried the product out. And then there is this uh, smart customer that is just not willing to pay a lot for a product that they know they're not going to use it all the time, probably for just a few days on their trip uh, for a year. And then, there, and then we also noticed that there are brands, startups, product development companies out there that has great products. But what they lack is money, marketing budget. And also, coming from a market research background, I know that doing a market research project is very expensive. It takes a lot of money to understand your customers. And these are the, uh, all the problems that Dion is trying to solve. So if you understand my Airbnb analogy, it's easy. We have product owner and merger. But what I want to say is that we are also bringing in product developers. Um, because we're very focused on gadgets, we built this community of gadget lovers. And with that, uh, we provide a channel for product developers to market their products at a very low cost, and also to ask very specific questions to these gadget lovers, get very um, get first-hand feedbacks, and to know how to improve the product. And with this, Dion takes um, 10 to 20% of the rental fee. So you can see Dan over there, a product developer. Uh, he works in the States, and how he works is that he basically uh, ships the products as to our warehouse in Hong Kong. We handle all communications and transactions, and they basically get the rentals, and they get reports on what customers think about the products. 
and we have Emma down there. Uh, she has some money to buy all these products, but um, she's just using it a few times in a year and probably sitting somewhere at her place. And then we have Oliver here, a very young, very energetic, enjoy nature, enjoy traveling, but um, money's a little bit tight, so he can't buy all the product and gadgets that he likes. So these are all the people that we try to connect on our platform and try to serve. Lastly, a little bit about ourselves. I'm Jennifer, one of the two co-founders. I have a master's degree in development economics and policy from the University of Manchester. And like I said earlier, I have a background in market research. I worked with a lot of companies like HSBC, Essay Lauder, Nestle, and a lot more. And there's Tony, another co-founder. He's focused on uh, user experience, service design, and he has also worked with a lot of companies like Manulife, HSBC, Standard Chartered, and more. And that was my three minutes. Thank you. Thank you, Dion. The first question I have for you is, did you know that Bradley is, is this guy right here? The guy from the silent mode? Just really? He's a product developer and he looks just like him. Good job. Th thank you. Thank you for the one laugh over here. Apparently, the rest of you are not paying attention. All right. So, questions? Yes, question from Facebook Live. No. We have a question from Facebook Live, which is, why did you choose that name and what does it mean? No, uh, no. no. Uh, so if you look at own, we would like to redefine ownership. We would like to shift the focus on owning a product to enjoying the experience that the product brings you. And this is how the own comes by. Any questions out there? Question right here? I've got a lot of questions. This what guy. are you going to be your main products? Uh, because the, the problem I have is that gadgets are quite personal items, and so will people want to rent out their personal gadget? Uh, well, for now, our most popular products are GoPros, drones, gaming consoles, and projectors. The things you don't use all the time. Exactly, and it doesn't have to be very personal, uh, personal products. Yeah, not like your iPhone, I guess. That would be weird. Right, like I'm, you're using if my you iPhone now, and I'm already have anxiety already. Hi, I have a question. Um, so right now, when I want to, for example, rent a product, are you shipping the products to uh, globally, or how does it work, and what are the costs like? Can you break down the cost for us? Okay, you have a camera that you want to rent out. We're based in Hong Kong right now, so we're only serving Hong Kong customers right now. We started a couple months ago, so we're very early stage. And I'm actually get, glad you asked because we offer two uh, rental modes. Uh, say you have a camera and you tra you're traveling a lot and not using the camera in that time. I can't ask you to bring that uh, camera out to meet up with someone and pass it on to them, right? Your schedule doesn't allow it. So you can pass your product to us and manage your product um, available dates on your account and we will handle all the communications and transactions. Because we have an office in Hong Kong right now which is a very uh, commercial and very crowded place in Hong Kong. But if you say, I don't want to put something at your place. I, 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 have a, I have a gaming console. I want to play it on the weekends or maybe long weekends. Then you can choose our second rental model where we will send you notifications when someone is interested to pick it up at wherever you prefer. And then you can meet up and just pass that product on. And then we'll uh, send you the money into your account. Okay, great. Let's round of applause for Dion. Thank you. Thanks. You want to vote for Dion? Here comes the penultimate uh, pitch. 
Please put your hand together for a IB bot. Hi, good evening. In Ireland. Via Hong Kong. Hi, I'm Tom from IBBOT. We're a Hong Kong-based company developing a range of connected internal air quality sensors and apps. Okay, so why is internal air quality important to us? Uh, we actually spend 80% of our time indoors in a closed environment. And while there's a lot of noise happening about what's happening outside, pollution, environmental conditions, there's no correlation of how that's affecting your internal environment. We take up to 30,000 breaths a day, 60,000 for um, newborn babies, and 24 to 72,000 of those are actually inside. But no correlation to what's happening outside and what's happening inside. And we want to change that. Now, are there products out there in the market? Yes, there are. But we think there's a few barriers to mass adoption of connected devices and IoT. Those three things are affordability, simplicity, and aesthetics. As I say, products in the market will cost you two, three hundred, four hundred US dollars. Is that really going to lead to mass adoption? Is that going to get us to the stage where we have deployed internal sensors, which we can correlate to the condition of the air outside? So the analogy is Shenzhen, pollution goes up, the wind's going 25 knots northwesterly. That's going to hit my apartment in Hong Kong, but how does that affect me internally? Now, for $400, I might do that. Some of the investors might have that money in their pocket, but it's not going to go mass adoption. We won't get to the big data stage. So what we want to do is we want to have affordable products, and we want to have the community focused. Now, when we say affordable, our first product, which is actually in market, took it to mass production. This retails at $25 US, which includes proper retail margin and also proper distribution margin. Um, simplicity. And again, standalone products, battery powered, you take it out of the packet, you put the battery in, and that lasts 12 months. Uh, when you look at aesthetics, and again, products at market, we launched mass production, Q3 last year, we've already won six international design awards. When we look at simplicity, so how are we going to work? Well, what we want to do is we want to collect the information, we build intelligence into the app, which will allow you to improve, improve the, situ uh, the situation, and then also we want to have community around that. So if you're having a good experience as a mother or an office worker or Uncle John is feeling more lively because you're monitoring his condition, we want to share that and build a community around it. The simplicity, again, will follow into the app. So again, we build our own apps. We have multiple levers, both levels, both for consumer and enterprise and business grade. But it's all about being clean, simple messages. We'll set high, low, we'll do alerts. We can do live alerts. We can do historical recording. Okay, so where we are as a company. As I mentioned, we brought our first product to mass production, Q3 2016. We've shipped about 7,000 units. Uh, it's in retail at eight countries in different parts of the world. Uh, for some reason, these units are actually deployed in 33 countries around the world, and we've already collected 1.5 million instances of data. Um, as I mentioned, six design awards. We picked up the last one last week, which was a design, and we're moving through to the second generation, second reiteration of the product. Now, what we want to do is take the consumer through a journey. So the first product is temperature, temperature and humidity. I'm a magician. The second product... Uh, is temperature, humidity, VOC and CO2. And again, simplicity, standalone, battery powered, will last 12 months. Uh, this will retail for about 40 US. So again, we're hitting our affordability, simplicity, and aesthetics. We again believe aesthetics is key for mass adoption of IoT and connected devices. If you're going to bring something into your home environment, your office environment, it's got to look good, it's got to blend. So we're putting this, we're at final engineering prototype stage. We're going to put it in Indiegogo during May. Uh, to raise awareness uh, as much as anything else and try and get that message out there. 
The third generation is also going to include PM2.5. This is when you're getting to existing or pre-existing respiratory issues. So again, we're taking the consumer through the journey of why this information is important, and our goal is to get that message out there. Okay, so in the team, what we've got is uh, quite a lot of skill and experience. So we know how to design products, we know how to develop them, we know how to industrialization, we know how to take, take them to market. So we can build, design, and sell products. But this is a different journey for us. This is very important to us because we all have family members who have some sort of respiratory issue, some sort of health condition, they feel false fatigue because of too much CO2. This is a different journey for us. We're looking for funding to get that message out there, to start kicking, uh, uh, kick-starting the PR, the marketing, and make people aware that 80% of the time we're living in 92% of the global population is over-polluted. How is that affecting me inside? And that's about me. Thank you. Great. Thank you. I'd be bought. Round of applause. I have a question, Tom. What is Ludo doing? Ludo's doing serious, serious stuff. stuff. I want to know what that is. And why is he the first guy in the team? Because he's the oldest. Okay, the so. oldest guy goes first. Good. <laughs> so the serious stuff is what, one of the things, and we work, as I said, we have a lot of experience in product development. We work for external partners as well as our own projects. Is the serious stuff is taking an idea through, through to reality. And that is serious because you'll know the, the bad press Kickstarter and Indiegogo are getting. Apologies if there's anybody here in the room. About actually getting that product and to the consumer, getting it working. So that's the serious stuff. That's making sure something happens. All right, great job, Ludo. I know you're right there. Okay. He was the best pub call captain last year. Oh, yeah, he was. Look at him. Okay. Any questions from the audience here? If not, we're going to go to the... Uh, hello, yes. hi. Yeah, I have a hi. question here. So um, have you developed any uh, proprietary technology for this uh, product, or you are basically using the uh, third-party sensors for your air quality sensor? Yeah, so we, we design our own PCBAs. We don't plan because we design our own PCBAs and program the firmware, there's proprietary technology in our firmware, uh, there's IP in there, but also it's the intelligence that's built into the app. But, but to be honest, we all know products can be copied, so one of the reasons and one of the protect biggest protections is design. Okay, so that's why we spend a lot of time on the design, we make sure we win awards, we register the design, as well as the proprietary programming that's both in the app and the firmware. All right, then, let's give a round of applause. Okay. IB Bot. Remember that. All right, we're on to the final pitch, and I swear I didn't organize these by age, but I'd like to welcome our final pitch of the evening, Minor Minus. Please give a welcome to Minor Minus. Way to go, Tom. Screwed up our whole thing. Just go like this. I'm Hilary Yip, the founder and CEO of Minor Minus. Our story started with a simple quest. How can kids learn languages effectively? So we all know that in the world today, language skills are so important if we want to thrive as global citizens. 
But if you ask parents and kids, this can easily shoot to, shoot to the top as one of the most painful subjects. So how do, we, how do kids learn languages now? Well, most of us either learn in group or private classes. There will be a teacher, and most likely it will be followed by dictations, tests, and homework. Results? Well, you won't be surprised to see kids dreading every single lesson, like this kid. And frustrated parents telling you that after spending a fortune on lessons for years, the kid refused to say a word of it. Minor Minus is here to change it all. Minor Minus is a social language learning app for kids, where we connect kids to learn each other's languages in topics that interest us, making learning fun and meaningful. Without the presence of a teacher, kids can get onto Minor Minus anytime with no judgment at all, no score to make you feel bad about yourself, so everybody can learn at their own pace. What's more, since it's an app, kids can get onto Minor Minus anytime, anywhere, replacing restrictions with complete convenience. And guess what? It's completely free. All you have to do is pay a one-off eight Hong Kong dollars to get onto our app, app's circle of trust, where, where we give you advanced communication features and we know you're not a troll. <laughs> In the marketplace, there's no shortage of language apps and platforms. So you may be wondering, why minor minus? Hear me out. There's usually two, most platforms fall into two categories. The first is the lecture and game type, like Duolingo. But the one thing that they lack is the human connection. Languages were created for the communication between human beings. So why are we learning languages without the human connection? Besides, in Minor Minors, our algorithm simulates the way kids learn their first language from their parents, unstructured but with context, day by day, giving the learner a solid language foundation. The second type links native speakers in lessons and chats. The main difference that differentiates these platforms with Minor Minors is that they are not designed for the use of kids, but we do. We take online safety seriously. Parents can monitor all discussion contents in Minor Minors, check who the child has been contacting, block people, or set parameters if they want to. The Minor Minors app has just launched and is now available on the App Store. I simply cannot wait to see how it transforms the way us kids learn a new language. I hope you join this journey with me. Thank you. All right, who has questions for Hillary? Come on, grill her. She wants to be grilled on her business model. Okay. All right, we're going to go into the Facebook Live. Yeah, we'll take a question from the digital audience. So the question is, when did you first have this idea and why? Two years ago, my mom was sick and tired of my brother's me and my brother's Chinese, we were just appalling. So she packed us off to Taiwan, and because of the immersive environment there, we pretty much improved overnight. So when I got back, this kept lingering in my mind, and then that's how Minor Minus came about. Can I ask you, is this your mother? <laughs> Occasionally. Okay. I hope she's not in the audience tonight. 
Because no one's getting dessert tonight. Okay, question right here. How, how are you sorry, one oh, sorry. Do I? Which one? Any? Okay. So, um, how we get? Uh, what is the product? How will you get other kids to learn the language? What's the process? Are they speaking to each other? Are they? Um, are they writing to each other? Okay. So the process is once the parent has signed the kid up, the kid. It depends if they're on the circle of trust or not. If they aren't, then they can watch the videos we've created to simulate an experience, and they can chat with other people through voice recordings. If they're in the group chat, they can go into. If they're in the circle of trust, they can go onto group chats and private chats for more specialized topics that they can form their own. And for private chats, once they're more confident or have made a friend, they can really go accelerate their learning when it's one-on-one. -on -one. Okay, let's give a round of applause to Hillary and Minor Minus. So thank you all for listening to them all. We now want you to vote. So I know you all have Facebook on your phone right now. Don't lie. Go up to our page, RiseConfHQ. I know, I don't know why it's so long, but that's what it is. Go there, you'll see the Facebook Live page and then you'll see the names of the, uh, the uh, startups that just pitched just now. So we'll give it like 10 minutes. Talk to your neighbor, talk to the person next to you. Debate, you know, strategize. Who should represent Hong Kong at RISE? Because one of those two people should beat the rest of the countries and go to Web Summit, because that would be amazing. So take a look. The founders are here as well. Talk to them as well. If you need more information to make your educated decision on it. And we'll be back here in 10 minutes to announce the winner. Help yourself to two bars. We have a bar on this side with wine and beer and one on that side. And uh, I'll be back in 10 minutes exactly. Thank you.
Okay, welcome back to Runway to Rise in Hong Kong. I'm still Casey Lau, and uh, we're about to announce the winners of the Hong Kong edition of Runway to Rise. But first, a lot of people ask me for tips and tricks of what to do at Rise, and so I'm going to give you my five tips to hack Rise. If it's your first time there, if it's your second time, if it's your third time, there's a lot of little bits and pieces that I've noticed that I like to share with people. I'm also going to write a book about this because I find it to be quite interesting uh, for first-timers to conferences. All right, number one, have an agenda. Don't try to go to a conference and think that you're just going to walk around and meet people because that is crazy. If you have an agenda, whether it just be networking, looking for investors, looking for partners, or even if you're hiring, I definitely make sure that you knew where everything was before you go. This is not a conference like, a, like a, one you see at the convention center, the TDC ones where you walk around, there's all these booths. Just kind of meander through it and find out what you want to find. I definitely think having an agenda is very important. Um, if you have a team with you, if you're getting a startup booth, an alpha booth, and you have three tickets, I definitely assign everybody in your team to do something. I create a checklist of the things I want to do. Yes, this is serious business. This is not just a fun time with all the drinking pictures we saw before. This is a serious thing. I'd also recommend a name card scanning app because most likely you're going to lose those name cards by the end of the night at those drinking activities then you're in big, big trouble. Use the cloud, it's called the cloud. iCloud or Google Cloud. Um, another thing I'd like to also say is finding your tribe. This is something that we are trying to uh, build by those pub crawls and the community nights, is to find people in your industry and group together with them. And that's why we had the pub crawl on the first night, because we want people in like, e-commerce or who are designers or who are developers to kind of meet together so they know each other and then when they see each other throughout the next three days they can Oh, there's a cool guy I met from like uh, Switzerland, or there's a cool guy I met from Korea. Let's get together and have a dinner together, right? So this kind of thing. Um, we use the app. The app is going to be updated this year. If you had problems with in the last years, we have a new one, so it's easy to connect with people. And also, I, I also recommend connecting with people on social media. I mean, Twitter, I found it to be still, still quite useful. Because a lot of people use hashtags of what they're doing, so you can find out where the cool parties are and where things are happening. People like to take pictures and share. Uh, number three, if you're looking for investors, I would track them like I would be hunting like animals, right? So they're running around all over the place. You want to meet them. I'd use the uh, website to like study their faces because as you saw at the beginning, we list all the investors that are coming. I'd study what they look like. Most likely they're 10 or 20 pounds heavier than the picture that they show in the investor page. But study their faces. Um, I find that most of them stay at the Grand Hyatt. Surprise, surprise. Some people are staking out the lobby at the Grand Hyatt, waiting for them to come home after a dinner or coming back to your apartment after dinner, so check a look at that. And really do not, um, there's, no, there's no low to this. I've talked to many investors who say washrooms are okay for pitching, all right? Um, and of course, people like Dave McClure are always at bars, so look for them at these two locations if you're tracking investors, because they're out there. Sometimes you'll see them in the investor lounge, you're like, oh, I gotta talk to that guy. So, you know, you can either wait for them to come out or you just go to a bar or the toilet, they'll be in there eventually. Um, this, is usually, this is a slide for people not from Hong Kong, but usually I recommend them stay near either uh, Soho or the convention center and get an octopus card and have kind of change of clothes. That's the, main, that's the main thing. If you don't know, July, very hot, sweaty, stinky. Um, and another thing kind of backing up on five, do not wing it. So I'd say study the schedule day and night. And I don't mean study the schedule all day and all night. I meant study the schedule for the day and the night so you know what you're going to be doing in the day and the evening. Go to the events only if they help your agenda. Don't just go to ones that, oh, this Gary Vaynerchuk is there. I'm just going to go and see that guy. I'd say go after the guy. That he, if the guy's in fintech and he's a leader, investment, go to that event. Also pace yourself. Another guy I just talked to just now, he's like, I'm going to go there. I'm going to go hard on day one. I'm like, no, you're not. You're going to die. 
you have you have a booth on day one, but you have day two, day three tickets and drinking at night, so I'd pace myself. I'd use my team to help out. I'd get my sister, my brother, my mother in there helping me out, whatever it takes. But pacing yourself in 30 degree heat and 100% humidity is going to kill you. We all know that, right? So that's one thing I learned as well. And then these are just some of the things I saw in social media that people were doing. So if I clicked on RiseCom hashtag, I saw this. Walter made it to Hong Kong, FOMO travel, visit us at the booth from South Africa. Very cool. Um, this other one made one of those Insta Instagram snap things. So click, take a picture of yourself with something and then post it and they get some prize or something like that. So people get some, um, you get some social media uh, looks from that. Uh, this company made its own like um, uh, frame for Instagram and posting on Twitter so you remember them. They even changed our colors. We're not purple, but they are purple, so they did that. Another cool thing was that Lamplight is tracking all kinds of posts on Twitter and Instagram of what people are saying, what people are doing. Like, come to my booth, or I just saw Dave McClure and, uh, in Langway Fong. Come on down. He's buying drinks for everybody. Boom. Stay on that, right? That's the thing you want to take care of. So there's really no way that you can uh, not get into one of these things, but just track all the schedules and what we're doing. Okay? Resources. You know, we've done this tw twice already, so there's a lot of YouTube stuff, a lot of Facebook content. We chat. i got a podcast. And, oh, there's my email. Don't, don't email me, but there's my email if you want some help uh, doing anything. Most importantly, remember, have fun. Yo, hashtag RiseConf. All right, thank you. All right, and here we go. Thank you, thank you. Jimmy, please return to the stage. All right, we've had Dublin helping us early morning today to count all the votes because, I don't know, my idea of doing the poll didn't work, but still we did it. Yeah, so just to clarify, there was a lot of votes that came in on Facebook Live. So thank you everyone here in Blueprint that logged in and voted. Uh, thank you to everyone back in their office in Dublin or uh, at their home, possibly anywhere around the world. Um, we counted any, any comment that had a company name in the comments. We counted a vote to that company name. Uh, also, if you like the original comments by RiseConf in the comments section, we also counted that. So that just clarifies how we uh, counted it because it, oh, yeah. it was pretty hotly contested and it was obviously uh, very high quality pitches. So yes, exactly. So yeah, just a little quick, where did these pitches come from? We sent out the things, 50 people applied, 50 different teams applied. We picked the seven that we thought were the best that could compete on this global scale, which is going to be representing Hong Kong at Rise and hopefully winning, getting all the way to Web Summit. Okay, Casey, do you want to announce the first one and I'll announce I'll, I'll also know. I'll pass it to you because you did all the hard work. So, who, with two winners, neither of them are runner-up. So, what's winner number one? So, winner number one is our final um, Mind Mina. Okay, so we got one alpha ticket left for the second winner for the initial. Yeah, sorry, for their team. So for the Runway to Rise event here in Hong Kong, co-hosted with Blueprints and helped by BeFast TV, the second winner goes to a quite um, far-right winner in terms of votes, uh, Silent Mode. We can get a quick photo of you guys. 
Okay. Thank you, guys. Cheers. Okay, you two. So you two teams are going to compete against Taipei, Tokyo, and Singapore. So let's see what happens. Yeah, so I'll just say a quick thank you here to a few people that I'd like to uh, call out. Uh, first and foremost to uh, our partners, Blueprints um, with Swire. Uh, I'd like to point out Michelle over in the corner there. Woo, Michelle! Thank you very much, Michelle and Louisa and Anthony and Hind and Ella and everyone in the Blueprint team. Uh, you guys have been absolutely incredible to work with. And I think we would all agree that this is the most impressive co-working space uh, in Hong Kong. It is incredibly fitted out and you can see the technology is second to none. So thank you very much to um, Blueprint uh, for hosting us. We get a quick round of applause, please. And secondly, I'd like to call out our media partners for this event uh, and all our Runway to Rise events, and that is BeFast TV. Uh, I think they've done an incredible job. Uh, they've helped us broadcast this event to, I think, just over about 4,000 viewers in the last hour. So uh, if we can get a quick round of applause for BeFast TV, please. And uh, la la oh, well, okay, two more then. So I'd like to uh, call out all the helpers that we had tonight. Uh, people gave up their free time. Thank you to Tanya for running around with the microphones. Thank you for the guys in the kitchen. Thank you again to everyone from Blueprint. Thanks to the guys who are no longer in the kitchen. They're just drinking like everybody else. That's okay. Thanks, Nick. We love you. Um, and finally, I'd like to thank all the startups for um, putting in such an amazing effort. Yeah, great job, everybody, from the startups. Really had a good time. Really good stuff. Very exciting. Okay? Okay. All right, so we'll see everybody else July 11th to 13th at the Convention Center. Oh, all right, yeah. Good night. Thank you. Good night. Wow, that was a lot of screaming and yelling in the moment. And that's why I like to manage this podcast with a more soothing tone. Congratulations again to Silent Mode and Minor Minus, who will be representing Hong Kong on the breakthrough stage at Rise. Next up, we're doing Runway to Rise in Singapore on May 11th, Taipei on May 24th, and Tokyo also on May 24th. Check riseconf.com slash runway to rise to find out how to apply. So this is not the only pitch competition, though. If you're an alpha startup, you will also be competing on the pitch stage for an even more exciting prize. So if you missed your chance at Runway to Rise, please reach out to our team for an alpha position. Anyways, that's it for this week. If you want to see the video of the podcast you just heard, head over to our Facebook page. Thanks for listening. And also, remember... I can accomplish anything at this conference. I ask that the people that are as happy as I am, because I'm the most grateful fucker you will ever meet, for them to get louder about how good it actually is. Yeah.